Welcome and thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I'm Marvin Telemontis, the pastor of River Rock Fellowship. Hope this inspires you and builds up your faith and helps you to see that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Well, we begin a brand new uh, Christmas series. It's called A Christmas Gift. And, and today um, I titled it A Gift That's Worth Giving. Now, the beauty of the Christmas season is its simple yet profound message in its story. It's a message of a gift that is given. And I feel that the best way to preach a Christmas message is to take this, the, the obvious and then pull some simple truths out of it for where we live today. And in the story of the wise men in Matthew chapter 2, I think the Lord will help us get some wisdom nuggets, some of the message of that simple yet profound message for us today. So let's do something a little different than we typically do. I'm going to ask you all to stand up as we read Matthew chapter 2. Because there's such a large amount of text, as we stand in reverence to the Word of God, I'm just going to read it out loud and you can follow along on the screens. Verse 1. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who was born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes, of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet. Verse 6. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him too. He's lying. Verse 9. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child. Did you notice they didn't go into the barn? Just make sure you understand. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures... They presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When then being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Praise God for his word. You may be seated. The wise men started it all. 
They're the ones to blame. This gift-giving thing, the wise men started it. Giving gifts and receiving gifts. In fact, I would like you to note a couple things about these, this simple story. Just as a way of introduction. I guess I'm impressed by the fact that, first of all, the wise men each gave a gift that was personally given. This was personal to them. These wise men were wealthy people. They were from another country. In fact, most likely they were from Iraq. If they had wanted to, they could have just sent the gift via post office. In other words, they could have taken one of their servants. They could have taken some of their own people and said, go and do this and deliver this on my behalf. They were wealthy. They could have done that. It's impressive that they really felt, felt that they were on a mission and that they personally had the responsibility to bring these gifts to the Christ child themselves. In fact, when you read this story, the, the personal part just seems to pop off the pages at it. When you look at verse 2, For we have seen His star in the east and have come to worship Him. When you go to verse 9, When they heard the king, they departed. Verse 10, when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. Do you, this is personal. Exceedingly great joy. That's like when mom sees their child do something and mom's going, Whoa! you know, only like the way a mama could do. Or when dad jumps up in the stands and his boy hit a home run, that's my boy! Do you see the exceedingly great joy? It's personal. Verse 11. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down. And what did they do? They worshipped him. They're not even Jewish. There's no Christianity. There's no the way. They're nothing connecting them to this baby who's born to peasants. They already went to the castle. The baby wasn't there. He's not royal, at least not in the eyes of the people. And they get down on their knees and they worship because divinely, it's been told to them who this child is. And when they had opened their treasures, and when they had opened their treasures, this is personal. They had pre-planned to come with a gift. And they presented gifts to him. Gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold for his royalty. Frankincense for his priesthood. Myrrh. For his sacrifice, he would die on a cross. Myrrh is what they used when they would bury them, embalm them. This gift-giving event was intimate. It was personal to the wise men. The second thing I noticed is that it was properly given. 
When, when I say it was properly given, it was more than a gift. And I think it was probably what I want to talk to you most about today. It's more than just gold or frankincense and myrrh. But it was a gift with worship, with adoration, with honor, with praise to Jesus. This is such a simple story. But the wise men teach us, I think, five things about giving. If you want to write them down for yourself as we get to them, that feel free. But one of the things that, that I notice is, is to give an unexpected gift to somebody. This is great giving. The, the wise men teach us to give an unexpected gift to somebody. You see, no one's going to expect a wise man to give the gifts that they gave. They're from Iraq. Catch that? They're not Jewish. There's no expectations to do this. In fact, some might say they came from a land that is known to be the opposition to the Jews. They're not connected. And there's no political upside by doing this. There's no record of uh, the wise men or the magi receiving benefits later on because of what they did for Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus. It's just an act of unexpected gift. All that the wise men know is what they have heard, what they have studied and read about, and what they've been studying the stars about. Now some think that their Babylonian literature spoke of the star and the king. And maybe from the time of the captivity of Babylon where you get Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, maybe at that time they pillaged a bunch of the works of antiquity, the, the, the Pentateuch and all these different things of the Scriptures, and they brought them to Babylon. So these wise guys were probably studying other cultures' literature. And so maybe in all of that, they could have found out. The, the Scriptures are silent. We're not sure how they got the information that a star, that a babe, a king would be born. But they found it. And they were so moved by the reality that they took off for a multi-year journey. Could have taken up to two years to do what they were doing with a convoy of hundreds of people to make this happen, to deliver three packages. Wow. FedEx, get out of the way. <laughs> totally unexpected. The visit of the wise men. I mean, you talk about a surprise. When the wise men unexpectedly show up on the doorstep of King Herod, he was stunned. And so were the priests and so were the scribes. I mean, these foreigners are claiming that the Christ child of the Hebrews, of the Jews, had been born. And these are the people of authority, and they have no clue. So King Herod goes, hey, hey, you priests, what up with that? Oh, I don't know. Hey, scribes, what is this all about? Well, it says in Isaiah. But they weren't even convinced themselves. Bethlehem's about five miles away. And not one person from Jerusalem was ordered or desired to just take the walk and go find out. 
Isn't that interesting? But isn't it true that some of the best gifts are the unexpected gifts? Maybe you've received an unexpected gift where there's been somebody that did something for you in your life and maybe it was done way back when. And wasn't it just the best? They just did it just because? Not because you had done something for them? And you're like, this is overwhelming. Why are you doing this? Because it's a gift of grace. It's a gift of love. And it overwhelms your heart. You don't know how to receive it. I got a challenge that maybe this year, maybe you need to say to yourself, this year I'm going to do something for somebody that's going to come clear out of the blue. They would never think that I would do this for them. I'm not even that close to them, and I'm going to do it. Now that's a gift of grace. You know, when you give gifts, there's a lot of different gifts you can give, you know. There's the, the, the gift that you get at, at a, I don't know, let's say at a company. You know, they get, everybody gets a turkey, everybody gets a ham, Right? And nobody's expected as the employee to give the employer a gift. And why is that gift given out? Why is that turkey given out or that ham or whatever? It's so that we could get a favor later from the company. And what's that? You, you be good to us when I need you to work overtime. Remember, I take good care of you. It's a gift expecting a favor in return. Right? Then there's sometimes those other gifts where I give you a gift expecting you to give me a gift. Ever seen those ones? Somebody comes up and they give you a gift. You're like, oh, no, it's December the 24th. All the stores are closed. It's 830 at night and I don't have time. You gave me a gift. I wasn't prepared for this. I have nothing to give you in return because it's a gift for a gift. And boy, do you feel horrible when that happens. Ever been given a gift and you didn't have a gift to give them? Oh, man, they weren't on the list, right? And how about that gift for just no reason at all? It's a gift of grace. You didn't earn it. There's no expectation. I just give because I care and because I love. There was a woman missionary in the South Pacific Islands, and she was explaining to a group of children the custom, and the significance of gift-giving at Christmas. She said, Giving gifts expresses love and reminds us of the perfect gift of love we receive from God Himself, Jesus. Later that week, a, a, one of the young native boys came to the missionary and, and, and said, I love you and I want to give this to you. And he grabbed his little basket and he opened it up and out of it he brought this most incredibly beautiful, gorgeous shell and gave it to the missionary. She was overwhelmed by it. She had known that these beautiful shells only come from the very far side of the island and it would take a half a day's journey just to, to get it and to come back. And so she questioned the little boy and said, these are only found. He goes, oh, no, no, no. 
The long walk is part of the gift. You see the gift of grace. Some of the best gifts ever received are those unexpected gifts. You know, the second thing I've learned about giving from the wise men is that they gave a gift with genuine joy. When they gave the gift, they did it with such joy. I mean, they rejoice when they saw the star. They rejoice when they saw Mary and baby Jesus or child Jesus. Richard Foster in one of his books wrote this, quote, Giving with a glad and generous heart has a way of routing out the tough old miser within us. Even the poor need to know that they can give. Just the very act of letting go of money or some other treasure does something within us. That something is it destroys the demon of greed. Wow, isn't that true? The wise men gave with genuine joy. Then there's the gift. Their gift was personal. It was a personal gift that spoke a message of significance, a message of purpose. Here's a fourth one. I encourage you to give a gift that will last. I mean, think about it. We are still talking about the gift that these three guys gave over 2,000 years ago, and we're still talking about their three gifts. Isn't that amazing? The story's been told over and over and over again. And when I talk about a gift that will last, you can't go online and buy it. You can't go down to the Walmart or Target and buy it. There's no gift cards that are enough to buy this. Those gifts wear out. They break. They get lost. There are two gifts that you can give at Christmas that that will last forever. One of them is the gift of good memories. Do you ever have those memories of those when the kids were little or when you were little? Nothing like giving the gift of memories. You know what I find that some of those great memories are all tied around? It's not even the presence. You know what's really tied around? Around the table? Remember when mama made us this? Remember all those incredible cookies and pastries? Remember those tamales? Do you remember? You remember? Do you remember? Isn't that interesting? The table. There's something about the table where memories are made. There's another gift that will last, and that's a godly heritage. It will bless you. It will bless your family for generations, a godly heritage. That's what the Bible teaches us to do, Dad. So do those things as a family that says, God comes first in all things. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Pray before your meals together. 
Do communion together under your roof. Lay hands and pray over each other. Share the Word of God with each other. That's the kind of gift that will last forever. When those kids of yours who are grown adults and they can look back in time and they remember seeing mom and dad with a cup of coffee with their Bibles talking about Jesus. That's a heritage. That's a legacy. And he will last for generations. Here's the fifth one. Give that gift, that gift of grace. Give it right away. Give it now. I like what Samuel Johnson said. He who waits to do a great deed of good all at once will never do anything. Isn't it true? Oh, I'll do this when I have enough money. I'll do this when I'm retired. I'll do this when dot, 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 dot. That's just another, another way of saying I am going to procrastinate. I believe we need to give that gift right away. Let me read something else to you. Now listen really carefully. I'm not sure who wrote this, so uh, anonymous, right? They were going to be all they wanted to be tomorrow. None would be braver or kinder than they tomorrow. A friend who was troubled and weary they knew would be glad for a lift and he needed it too. And on him they would call and see what they could do tomorrow. Each morning they stacked up the letters they'd write tomorrow. And thought of the folks that they would fill with delight tomorrow. The greatest of people they just might have been. The world would have opened its heart to them, but in fact... They passed on and faded from view. And all that they left when they were living was through was a mountain of things that they intended to do tomorrow. Don't procrastinate. I used to say it this way. Some of the best music ever some of the best inventions ever. Some of the most incredible textbooks ever are found six feet underground, never to be read, never to be heard or sung because they never did it because tomorrow never came. Bless you for that. You know, my mom used to always say, I don't know where she got this. I think she made it up, to be honest with you. But how many of y'all know that mama's got wisdom that nobody else in the house does? And my mama used to always say, lazy people always pay double. And I always thought growing up as a kid, what in the world does that mean? Mama was right. When we procrastinate on on that thing that needs to be done, well, it doesn't get better. It gets more broken. It causes more issues. It results in twice the amount of time to fix it, in twice the amount of effort, 
and twice the amount of treasure. I guess Mama was right again. Lazy people always pay double. Don't procrastinate. You got to send an email, a text message, make a phone call. You need to connect with somebody, have a cup of coffee. If there is somebody God is telling you, you need to reach out to and buy something for them, do something for them. Tomorrow's today. Today is now. Do it now. You know, those wise men were not lazy. They weren't about to procrastinate and go back home until they got those gifts to their destination to Jesus. They pressed through the opposition. And they pressed through the amount of time it was taking them. I'm sure they were discouraged. I'm sure some people said, can we go back now? Are we there yet? You're never going to find them. But like you and like me, the wise men had to overcome all of it. And they would have to finally say, no, we're doing this now. The rest of our life can wait until we do this now. Amazing. You know, if they didn't do what they did, Mary and Joseph could not have escaped because they would have needed the financial resources to go to Egypt, to go to Nazareth, to get away from where Herod was sending his soldiers to kill. If they would have procrastinated for a tomorrow, Jesus wouldn't have made it. Wow. Oh, listen to me. It's one of the saddest things in life I've seen it happen so many times, numerous times. Whether it's Pastor Dave, Pastor Rick, those who've done funerals, you know exactly where I'm, where I'm going to go. I've conducted so many funerals over the years. After three decades, you see a pattern. And to see people look at their loved one, to look at a casket or an urn, and they just wish they could have one more day. Just one more day so they could say something. Just one more day so they can get another hug. Give them a kiss. To tell them they're sorry. To say, would you forgive me? Have you been there to see people hugging over the casket? Weeping? So hard that words can't come out? Don't wait. Don't wait. Grab that person. Hug them. Tell them how much you love them. Give them a call if they're far away. Whatever's heavy on your heart, don't wait. Because you don't want to be there on that day. It's sad. There's not much we as ministers can say. So I say it today. Don't let there be a tomorrow. Listen to me very carefully, my friends. 
I love you. My wife loves you. And I don't want to wait for tomorrow to tell you. I love you. And Merry Christmas. The best gifts are memories. Don't wait till your kids are grown. Go home. Make some memories with them. If they're grown and gone, when you get them, make those memories special. Embrace them. Listen to them. Look them in the eye. And you know what you do when you do that? You look them in the eye and you say, I love you. You look them in the eye and you say, I'm proud of you. You squeeze them. When was the last time you did that, husband, to your wife? When was the last time, wife, you did that to your husband? When was the time where you just told them how proud you were of them? Let them know. Just go for it. Forget about work. How many found out by this time in your life that work will always be there tomorrow? And the next day. So take a day off and make that day off count by making memories with the ones you love. Write that letter you should have written. Make that call you should have made. Make it right between you and them. Go and give a hug. Go and give them your love. So again, I want to close with something that's so important to us. It's a little gift called Marvin and Chris, we love you. Would you give your heart as a gift this Christmas season? Pray with me. Father, I love you and your church loves you. Lord, you've told us to love one another. Oh Lord, what a season to stop. And just say, Merry Christmas. I love you. I mean it. And I'm proud of you. And I see God doing great and mighty things in you and through you and for you. Oh God, Jesus is a gift worthy to give to others. As He loved us, help us to love. And we pray, Oh God, we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we hope this message helps you to take your next step closer to Jesus. Here's a great question to ask yourself right now. How will I be different because of what I just heard today? Well, for more info about us, go to rrf.church or find us on Facebook. I'm Pastor Marvin thanking you for taking the time to join us.